Welcome to the TMB Women in Business podcast, created for the aspiring CEO. Every week, we provide you with tips on all things business and entrepreneurship. You'll hear from industry leaders on topics such as marketing, business growth, and branding. This podcast is hosted by Mahi Kola, the 16-year-old teen entrepreneur behind the Mindy Boutique, a luxe stationery company with a mission to change the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the TMB Women in Business podcast. Today, we have exciting guest Jessica Sorrentino. Jessica grew up in Westchester, New York, and has a background in marketing and communications from the University of Delaware. She comes from a family of entrepreneurs and business owners, and when she was ready to leave the corporate world to invest in opening her own digital branding and social media business, she was met with full support from family and enthusiasm from friends and fellow business owners. As of March 2019, Releve Branding Agency has been operating as a NYC boutique full-service branding agency with a social media branch. The agency focuses on high-quality small business and personal branding for a reasonable investment. The overarching goal is simply to help you elevate your business to the next level and continue to be there for you as you grow and evolve. Her agency is currently working on a brand strategy for a Florida-based nonprofit organization, The Promise Tree Project, an Instagram rebrand strategy for Found Herbal Apothecary, and new websites for Haiti Banks and C-Dip Jewelry Lines. I'm so excited for you to listen in on our conversation today. If you'd like to receive an email recap of the episode, sign up for our email list at tiny.cc slash T-M-B-W-I-B-E-M-A-I-L or tiny.cc slash T-M-B-W-I-B email. All right, let's get started. Um, hi, Jessica. I'm so excited to have you on the TMB Women in Business podcast today. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. How's it going? Good. Um, yeah, so I, I've heard a little bit about your story already, and I'm really excited for you to share it and how you started your company and your story and everything that went into you building your business. So um, let's just start off with, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently working on. Sure. So my name is Jessica. I'm in New York. Uh, New York City and Westchester sort of split a little bit. Um, I went to the University of Delaware for marketing and communications. Um, and I've worked in publishing I have a background in dance, which we'll talk, you know, it weaves itself into my current life now a little bit too. Um, but I worked for Simon & Schuster, the publishing house for a little bit. And that's really where I, I really learned graphic design and the value of branding through um, like, you know, the whole don't judge a book by its cover thing. We actually had a whole department that made you judge books by their cover. <laughs> Um, and that's what I did. Um, and then after a while, I just started to take on freelance clients in different industries. Um, and it evolved into a freelance career, which I then evolved into an actual branding agency. Um, so that's where I'm at now. I'm currently working with a few different small businesses and entrepreneurs. I'm doing social media for a children's entertainment group, a restaurant, a catering hall, and an athlete and I'm doing brand strategy with 
an apothecary, a nonprofit, and I just signed a candle maker. So a lot of different projects in the works right now, they're all really different. Um, and that's one of my favorite parts about having a small business based um, agency is get to work with people who have all different passions that they really feel strongly about investing in and getting out into the world. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool that you're working with so many different kinds of businesses. Um, it definitely like gives you so many different experiences and those connections themselves um, are really helpful and will be helpful in the future, I hope. So my second question is, you kind of touched on this, but um, what inspired you to pursue this, like starting your own agency? And why did you want to start your own business rather than, you know, just joining someone else's agency or um, working for someone else? Well, the shorter answer is I always thought I would make a better boss than employee. Like I really, <laughs> really like to be on my own timeline and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But more than that, I wasn't necessarily feeling like I was growing or learning anymore. And that doesn't work for me very well. I like to continue to evolve. Um, and I felt like I wasn't really helping people either, which is why I started to take on freelance clients. Um, that mattered a little bit more to me than a salary and stuff. I mean, obviously that's important, but I really wanted to be on the ground with other people and help them out and not just like crank out work, you know, as part of an assembly line type thing. And my dad has owned his own business. My mom has owned her own business. My grandpa's, I come from a family of people who take this type yeah. of work. And so the support was there the knowledge was kind of there. Um, and it was sort of just like taking that leap and deciding and knowing that, you know, if it didn't work out, my resume would be stronger and I can go back and work for somebody else. Um, and that was kind of like my safety blanket was, if anything, it was a resume growth experience. It was a personal growth experience and I can always go back and I can always sell it. So yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, and before we get started talking about kind of the specific like lesson and topic that we're talking about today, I want to ask you, what's your favorite part of running your company and what do you enjoy the most in, you know, running your agency? Ooh, I think what I love the most is the networking possibilities and the creativity possibilities. Uh, every client that I've had so far has been very different from one another. Um, it's interesting. I thought that when I started to build my portfolio, you know, my first client was a restaurant. So I was a little bit nervous. I was like, Oh God, am I only going to get food clients now? You know? Um, but it's really exciting to me that people from all different industries are reaching out and I'm getting to work with so many different types of people and so many different types of businesses and growing a network and helping them grow a business. Um, I think that's my favorite part is really being with them as they evolve and um, the relationship that comes from such an intimate type of work. Yeah, I completely agree. For me, my business is um, product. So we don't really get to work with um, a lot of people, but when we do, it's obviously um, so much fun. And it's also really interesting the kind of people you end up working with because, you know, we were just talking about this in last last episode, but how you can end up working with someone that you don't think is related to your field or that you can help in any way, but somehow they end up being like the perfect collaboration. And the podcast for me has allowed me to kind of 
reach out to so many different kinds of people and hear their stories and see the common thread in all of us building our businesses, though we're in such different industries. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it is, it's really fun. The relationship part is such a big deal. Yes. Okay. So as always, in each episode, we have a lesson that will help everyone listening on their journeys and growing their side hustle. So today we'll be discussing investing in your growth. And I would just like to hand you the mic and kind of let you talk about um, why you picked this lesson and why you wanted to talk about it. And we'll go from there. All right, sure. So I think this is a really important lesson, um, and it's something that I know now, and I, I think I knew when I started, but I, I didn't know the depth of it or how much it would actually matter. Um, when I used to think about investing in growth, I would literally only think financial. And do I have a savings account that can support this type of risk? Or, you know, if you're going to do it right, it's going to cost you money. So can you do that right now? And that, that was like where my brain was as far as this topic goes. Um, but now, now that we're, you know, a little further down the line, yeah, that was huge. Like the financial aspect has been a big one. Um, but what I, I didn't really realize is that I come from a really creative background. I've never studied business before. I don't know the first thing about running a business like logistically. Um, so, I've had to invest in those types of things too. And it, it goes along the same lines as the financial stuff, because if you are going to start a business, whether it's consulting or an agency or a product line, you have to know how to run a business. <laughs> and figuring that out for someone who doesn't have that experience is, has been a little bit of a challenge. And I think it's an important conversation to start to have. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I started my company when I was 12 years old. And at that time, I wasn't, I obviously didn't have um, any education in business. I hadn't, I don't have an MBA or anything like that. But I just kind of wanted to start. I started off on Etsy, which was the easiest way for me to start a business because it had such a low overhead. And from there, we kind of just grew and organically in the last four years without education by just, um, you know, looking things up. Google has become my best friend. I'm always mm -hmm. looking things up. I'm going out there to find that information and um, just learning along the way. And I think that's really a big part of being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, it's it's a lot easier to start a business once you know how to do it. But a true entrepreneur is the one who's out there looking for that information themselves. And so I want to ask you, um, what resources uh, or people have you found to be extremely helpful in your journey? Everything you just said is so accurate. It's really true. It's you have to be ready to like put the work in and whether that's research yes, or hiring yeah. it, it's so important. Um, so the first thing that I did was I decided I was going to be a freelance consultant. That was going to be my new job when mm -hmm. I quit my, my corporate job. And I realized within two months that that is a very unstable way to make a living. Um, some months might be fantastic. Other months are going to be dead. You're always going to be hustling to find new work. And that didn't feel very powerful for me. That felt like sort of running around like a chicken without a head. Yeah. Um, I'm a very, very type A person, which is interesting considering I'm so creative, but I, I 
you know, I need a schedule. I don't mind being busy. I don't mind juggling clients. I just need them to be consistent. I don't want to, when you're, when you're always worried about where your next client's coming from, you're focused on the wrong things. You're focused on you. You're not focused on them. You're focused on what you're making financially, not on the work that you're producing. And that's not really the reputation I wanted to gain or the lifestyle I wanted to lead. Mm-hmm. So the first things, the first people that I hired were an accountant, a lawyer, and a business coach. And I can't say enough about the importance of building those three into a team. Um, my accountant has, I found an accountant in New York City, it's countless accounting, if anyone's interested, she focuses on um, accounting for women-based creative entrepreneurs. Um, so. I thought she was great because she understood the lifestyle. She understood the freelance, the different, um, the different things we go through as entrepreneurs versus just like, oh, there's a 401k coming from this company and insurance and all of this stuff. She understood that our life is a little bit more up and down and can really like be beneficial. And then the lawyer has helped me because I don't know what types of legal forms I need. So she wrote me contracts. She wrote me a privacy policy. She helped me LLC when the time came. She helped me with all of that. Um, and I have her on retainer monthly where each month she'll send me an email and say, what are we working on this month? Here's what some other people needed if you need some ideas. And it's really just helpful to know that I have these two women behind me who can help me with the things that I know I don't know. And while you know we do have to do Googling and researching for a lot of things, removing those two pieces for me has allowed me to then focus on other things, which is really important because those are the two things you don't want to mess up. Um, And then I hired a business coach who said the most valuable thing to me I've ever heard. Um, She said, a business is something that you can either pass down generationally or sell for profit. And I heard her say that and I kind of took a step back and was like, my freelance business is neither of those things. Like it's just literally something I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, which is then why I like went back to the drawing board. I revamped, I decided to be an agency. I called the lawyer. We worked on the LLC. Um, we changed the service menu. We changed the pricing with the accountant. We changed everything. And as an agency now, there are different sets of rules and requirements I need to learn and follow. But it was those three women have made a huge difference in my journey so far because they know things that I know I don't. And it's a humbling experience to take a step back and say, these are categories I I am not the expert in and I need help. And instead of trying, just delegating and investing in them, were really like big, important business moves for me. Yeah, no, I I completely agree because as you said, those are things that you definitely don't want to mess up. They involve the law and it's better to just hire someone that knows what they're doing versus you Googling and finding sometimes like information that isn't always true. And I agree with the business coach too. Um, 
something that I didn't do, but I do wish I had done is I was Googling and doing all this information, but, you know, Google has so much information. It's hard to sort through it and find what applies to you and what applies to your business and actually execute from that. And so I would definitely say if um, you have the money or the money you do have, I would invest in a business coach to really help you lay the groundwork because they've done this with countless other businesses. They know how the process works and they can do like one-on-one calls with you to figure out how Mm -hmm. you can lay the groundwork. So from there, you can do your own research to keep growing. But if you're already on a you know, faulty groundwork and you keep growing, at some point your business is going to fall. And so it's really important to lay that groundwork. And I think these three, um, a lawyer, accountant, and a business coach will help you do that really well. And so, um, yeah, from there, I wanted to ask you um, where, because they do cost money, the accountant and lawyer, sometimes uh, especially lawyers, really good lawyers are um, really high rates per hour. So how mm-hmm. would you have an investor or did you just invest your own money? Um, do you have any like tips on that? So I am currently investing my own money into my business and the money that it's making right now is enough to pay itself, but it's not enough to like sustain um like those types of fees yet. It's Mm -hmm. enough to like run my programs. It's, you know, the overheads that I have, it Mm -hmm. can support itself. But in order to grow, I needed to make a lot of personal investment. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's something that goes along with this category of investing because I, and I tell my clients this all the time, like, you know, if they hear a price they don't like or something, it's like, but okay, it's your idea and it's your future. Like, if you don't believe in it enough to invest in it, how can anybody else, you know, like you have to decide that it's important to you enough that you are going to put it out there if you can. Um, I think that it's also research-based. Like, like you said, they can be really, really expensive, but if you find people that really fit within your, your scope and your industry, like I searched out for people who, are in the creative field. And I wanted a, a, like a women-based team. So finding them, and actually my lawyer was a referral from my accountant. So mm-hmm. they've worked together, which is really helpful because one will say to me, oh, check with the other before we do this, um, which is really nice. It is almost like I have a staff team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so my lawyer, she started a program a couple of months ago where she'll take people on as a retainer and it's a small monthly fee where you get a certain amount of hours of work, um, like covered within that. And then you get 10% off of certain services if you go over that time limit and she just charges me automatically and whatever. And for a while I was like, Hmm, should I invest in that? Like, do I need legal help every month? But I realized like the cost of the investment was less than if I needed her as a one-off. So it was sort of trying to figure those things out. And as I am just starting out still, I do need a lot of legal help. So for the first few months, I do recommend doing something like that, where it may look like you're paying for a lot up front, but if it's going to be a more, you know, like slow released long-term investment, it becomes really helpful. And yeah, just building definitely. those relationships, um, where I now feel comfortable saying to either of those women, can you do this really quickly, please? Or when you have a minute, can you just read this? Or, 
you know, hey, do I need sales tax on a program I've created? And they won't charge for that question or that little adjustment or something because now we've got a nice relationship. They know I'm not screwing them. They're not trying to screw me. And it's it's just really finding people that are within your industry that you can trust and hopefully stay connected with and not just use them as a one-time thing. Yeah, I definitely agree. And building your team in general and uh, the general topic itself is investing in your growth. And you really have to know that you want to, you want this bad enough that you're willing to risk something to get that reward. And you have to know that going into it because otherwise, um, not only are you going to be really surprised when you kind of actually get into it and you find that there are a lot of up costs that you have to take on or even things like you just have to put yourself out there. And that might be something you've never had to do in a nine to five. Um, but in a business, because you as an entrepreneur are wearing so many different hats in running the business, you will have to go out there and do things yourself. And even if, even if it is just to find someone to outsource tasks, you have to go out there and do the research and find the people that you think fit into your company and your team well enough to bring them on and um, be willing to pay for them and make that investment. So I completely agree. Um, another thing you mentioned was the idea that it's more important than the the community that you're building is more important than the money that you invest into your business. And that's something that I really found in my experience as well. Um, just being, being joining, like, for example, just simple as joining a Facebook group and mm -hmm. finding people that are going through the same journey you are. And they might be in a completely different industry, but the fact that they're also entrepreneurs lends a hand to being able to ask them questions that you have on things that are going on or feeling comfortable enough to consult with someone that has gone through or is going through what you are. And that community itself that um, I've been able to build with my own company and uh, mm -hmm. with my customers, that's something that I will truly always cherish, no matter even if my company goes in, up in flames tomorrow. I know that there are people that truly believe in my work and what I'm doing. And um, I trust that if I next day when I start a new company, I know they'll be there for me. Absolutely. I think that just like you said, putting yourself out there is so important. Um, I'm it's funny, like part of my business is running social media accounts, but I'm not that big on Facebook or networking online. Um, I know we met like that, but yeah. <laughs> aside from that, I'm a much more in-person person. And that was like my biggest struggle when I quit my job and went off on my own was I went from having somewhere to go every day and being social with other people and collaborative with other people to just being solo with my laptop in like my bedroom or something. And that was a huge adjustment and a really low time for a few minutes. Um, so I started to like make the conscious effort to get dressed, to get on the train and go to a coffee shop and just make that my office and kind of like post up there. And even though the people in the coffee shop aren't talking to me or, or our potential clients, I'm now so familiar with that space and the people who work there that I know now that if somebody were to ask them, oh, where'd you get this? Or how did, you know, do you know anybody who does this? I know that they would be kind enough to be a referral for me. And same thing with joining a nonprofit board and same thing with going to a gym and just 
I'm not the type of person who's going to just sit there and like talk about myself and my business and ask you if you need work, but networking with these people, chances are somebody's going to say to you, oh, what do you do for work? And then that's when the conversation can open and they may not need it in the moment, but then the other day, some random person that I had spoken to sent me a text that said, P.S. I might want to take you up on some of your services. Yay. Um, I didn't realize I had like an issue with something and I think you can help. So you never know where a conversation is going to go. And I think the best way to go about that is to just anytime you have a chance to talk, talk. And you, you know, if it works, it works. And you'll learn that you don't want to say yes to everybody just because they've come to you. That was a hard lesson I've learned. You get kind of afraid that you're going to not have work. So you just say yes. Mm -hmm. But when the right person comes, you'll know. And it's a much better working relationship when they want to be there as much as you do. So just keep yeah, find, open. Yeah, finding that balance between yes or no to projects is really hard because especially when you're first starting out and um, you know you only have a few sales or a few clients, it's really hard to say no to someone even mm-hmm. though you don't like the work that you're going to be doing with them because you just feel like I have to do this to stay afloat. I have to, I have to. Um, it's very easy to fall into the trap of just saying yes to everything, but it's that's another um reason why I think it's so important to know the purpose of why you're doing this and know exactly who the kind of who you want to work with and the kind of people you're looking to form relationships with um, before you start reaching out because you don't want to get caught up with people that you aren't really interested in working with um, and you just spend all that time um, working on their brand and working with them that you don't get to actually spend time working with the people that you actually care about and so I think it's really important to just know why you're doing this um, before you get started work, before you start reaching out. And I love that you, you know, take the initiative to go out, go to coffee shops and hang out there. I love doing that. It's, I definitely understand. Um, again, as an entrepreneur, if you don't have anyone on your team, it really is just you in, you know, your bedroom, your house, um, working on your business. A lot of the times just from your laptop and that can get really it's really easy and it's really fun too because you can work wherever you go but it can mm-hmm. get really draining because you don't have any human connection for a long time and so i love i love going to coffee shops as well to just feel like you're around other people and um feel more part of the world than just you know sitting in your house all alone working on your laptop so i love right. that and doesn't it make you feel like more legit too like yeah at home i'll work from like six in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night because I feel guilty taking a break or something. Yes. If I physically get up and go somewhere, it almost feels like office hours. Yeah. But it's literally a different type of space and your brain and it makes such a difference. Yeah. And I, it's so easy. I've, I've been caught up with that. It's it's so easy to just get caught up with the idea that you have to always be working. And that goes with the fact that at the beginning, you don't know if you'll survive or not. You'll um, actually grow. And so you just feel like you have to always be working. But again, 
maintaining um, or setting up a time during the day that you know you have to work. And being an entrepreneur does allow you that flexibility to work when you need to and when you mm-hmm. can. Um, so you don't have to follow the nine to five, but you I do think it is important to set certain hours that you will be working and hours that you will force yourself to close the laptop, go hang out with friends or family and separate these two things. Because otherwise your company is going to become your life. And um, someday, even if it's something that you're super passionate about, because it's just become something that you do 24 seven, you will get burnt out with it. And that's something you definitely don't want to do for a long-term growth. Totally. I just had that conversation with my sister. I was telling her because, you know, for my social media clients, that is almost a seven day a week job, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like making sure that they have engagement and activity. But I was telling my sisters, like, you know, I really need to take it. I need to give myself a day off. Like, this is a lot. I'm exhausted. Um, I'm getting carpal tunnel. Like, I need a break. And she was just like, you know, you're never going to do that. So you need to figure out what it means to you, even if that means every single day from this hour to this hour, you are physically disconnected. Yeah. And, you know, if that's going to work more realistically for you than taking a full day off, you have to figure out what that means to you because you are going to burn out. And as somebody who's running a creative industry for other people, I can't burn out. I need to. Yeah. I need to like stay, you know, creating. So it's just a lot with between learning and doing and networking and, you know, back to like growing your business and your, your team. I continuously think about hiring like an operations person, even just part time, because that would take another piece off of my plate that would take off payroll and scheduling and making sure that like, things are all set for the week and yeah um even setting up things like this like this conversation with you like having somebody else like do all of that outreach and set up all of that would be humongous for me Mm -hmm. um but I don't know if I'm there yet and I don't know if I want to only like half invest in somebody you know so it's it's a lot of conversation with yourself. It's a lot of conversation with others, but carefully because people always have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Figuring out who you should listen to, but you know, it all matters. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it's it is hard to know when. It, okay, one thing I've learned is that it's hard to let go of the things you are doing in your business because it is your baby, you've invested so much money and time um, and and tears and nights and late nights and you're, you spent so much time on this part of you and you don't, it's hard to give up some of that to someone else and put that responsibility in their hands because you're scared they might not do it right or something like that. And I have faced that all, all the time, but I found that the, what I love doing the most in my business, and that's one of the reasons I asked the question at the beginning was, I, I love designing. That's what I absolutely mm-hmm. love. I love designing new products. I love making them and packaging, all that hands-on stuff. That's what I love. Um, for me, I don't love as much, as you said, like accounting or, you know, setting up the products on the website and things are like, you know, 
scheduling posts on social media. I would love to have a professional photographer take photos all the time. And so knowing those things that you know that this is my favorite part and this is what I could do, spend all day doing. And then these are the things that I wish there was someone else to do will really help you figure out who you need to contact to give those tasks up. And it, it will be hard, but knowing that your business is going to grow and you will have more time to do what you love um, the most will help you figure out what tasks you need to give up. And from there, I built my team of now three women who are um, running our social media accounts. They do a lot of the photography and they schedule posts and they keep up engagement, things like that. And so I've been able to let go of that. Um, every I'll pop in here and there to make sure that everything's going smoothly and things like that. Right. But I trust them now to do it themselves. Oh, that's amazing. That's a huge piece off of your yeah, work. definitely. I love. Uh, yeah, I've been. I and I now I have more time to design new products and expand our product line, which will lead to only more growth. And yeah, so the last topic I want to touch on was um, you mentioned you want to talk about kind of how to stay relevant and how to keep up with the trends in the changing market. Yeah, so these are more like you know branding based conversation pieces. Um, but that's, you know, obviously what my business is. <laughs> and a lot of the conversation I have with people, whether it's on the social media side of branding or like the actual, and there really isn't a difference between the two. It's just nowadays your brand needs to translate over to social media. Yeah. You can't be separate. And a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs do struggle with that. I think that there's this like, expectation that you have to be like cooler or funnier or bolder on like social media than you actually are in business. Um, like you'll see a lot of disconnect between a store and their Instagram account or mm -hmm. vice versa. And that's like really problematic because it's kind of like your new portfolio. Yeah. And I, you know, a big thing that I have to tell everybody is that first impressions really matter now. And Every single market is so saturated that if you don't come out of the gate strong, people will literally forget about you. Like we do not live in the type of culture where people are going to wait for you to come back mm -hmm. in a rebrand or in a better instance. Like it sucks and it's sad to say, but they will literally just like Google or click on a different account and find what they're looking for that you weren't giving them. Yeah. And that's the power of a really good brand. And that's the power of staying up on the trends. If you don't evolve with the times and times are moving really fast nowadays. So taking advantage of podcasts like this and having conversations with other entrepreneurs. And I did this recently. I, I Instagram messaged a different business owner and I was like, hi, can I please take you out for coffee next week? I'd love to like have a collaborative conversation with you. And mm -hmm you'll see that a lot of entrepreneurs are really open to these types of meetings yeah. because they need it too. And just, you know, hearing what they have to say, I had a different entrepreneur take a look at my website before it went live and say, would you hire me based on this? And they were like, maybe, but if you did this, that, and the other thing, I'd be more willing. So mm -hmm. I made the website changes and, and just like really keeping up with what the world is looking for because again nobody's going to come back to you you have to be ready when they're looking 
Um, you can't say to them like, oh my God, that's going to go live next week. Come back. Unless you're a product, then you can do a launch, you know, but yeah. if you're a service base or if you're, if you're already like in the thick of it, you've got to be ready. And if they don't like what they see that it may just be they're the wrong client, you're not going to please everybody. You can't be everything for everybody. But if your target customer is not coming to you, if it's, a, if it's been like maybe three weeks and you haven't gotten any outreach or any follow-ups or anything, you may have to take a step back and say like, Hmm, did I miss something? Like, let me listen to some podcasts. Let me read some articles. Like what are other people doing in my field right now that I'm not? And, and not playing the comparison game, not thinking other people are doing it better than you, but just seeing how what they're doing can help you grow is really important. And, and being flexible, I think is another really big piece of all of that. Like my website, my service catalog, they have pricing on it. And while I'd love to make that type of money at some point, I don't charge anybody full price because you have to know your customer. And I know my customer is an entrepreneur or a small business owner, mm -hmm. and it matters to me to help them. That's really my goal. And that's really my passion is helping them with their passion. So I, instead, before I give them my service package, I ask them, What's your budget? What are you willing to spend? What are you willing to invest in yourself? And even if it's lower than what I want, if it's something that I think is still appropriate, I'll still do the work. Um, yeah. I'll still pass it on. I think it's important to really, you know, just be flexible if you can be flexible. You don't want to price out your, your clients because that's another reason they won't come back. And that's another reason they won't refer you or send somebody your way, or maybe they'll even unfollow you on social media. And then if you were to do a price change or a product change or a service adjustment, they're not even going to know. So yeah. you really have to just stay up on the trend, stay up on the market, keep yourself in the know. If you live somewhere where there are festivals or networking events, they're awkward, but go to them, go see if there's yes, somebody yeah. that you can go with and just Put yourself out there that's really so important and and really getting the feedback from other entrepreneurs and or give the feedback to other entrepreneurs like it's a big community out there but we're not trying to compete with each other we're all trying to work and get it all done so yeah you know i, I don't think i'd go to a different branding agency and ask them like oh what do you guys think about me because that's direct competition but yeah <laughs> potential clients, you know, I would ask people who understand creative, I would ask a designer, maybe like, would you want to come on board as an independent contractor? Like, what would you need from me? And see, you know, what they think so far. But I just think it's really important to make sure if somebody comes to you with a question about your industry, you know, the most latest answer. Yeah, definitely. I one thing that I've seen recently become part of the trends is the idea that people are looking for personal connections. The age mm -hmm. of Instagram being the uh, highlight reel and heavily edited photos and just perfect lives has kind of ended and people are looking to actually find people that they can relate to and that they know are real online because 
everyone's kind of over the um, perfect life and they are looking for the life that they also live, that they share and that they can relate to with whoever they're following. And so for everyone listening, um, podcasts, for example, because they're such honest conversations, even YouTube videos, because they can actually, for example, if you're a product-based business, I love to do behind the scene vlogs of what Mm -hmm. we're working on and um, show the customers the process behind it. Because sometimes the final product is going to look amazing and that's the way you want it to look. But it's important to show them that you put in hours into making that final product and that there were many iterations that didn't work out and even showing that itself will show the customer that like you have done your work and you know what you're talking about when you're talking about your product and that's something that they can trust because they know you've put in the time to make a product that's designed specifically for them and so that personal connection on instagram on podcasts for uh youtube facebook even that personal connection is really important so i would say that anyone listening, um, when you're kind of thinking about your branding strategy and how you want to appear um, on Instagram and social media, make sure you're really authentic and you're showing yourself because it's cliche, but there is only one you and that's something no other brand or company can take from you. Totally. That you are the thing that makes you dif- your brand different. Yes. Yeah. You can have a million, I don't know, like coffee shops but the one thing that's different is that you're the one who's creating this coffee shop and yeah how are you going to show that I don't know maybe by showing you making the coffee like yeah you have to you have to put people in there people want to see people they want to relate yes yeah they want to know why you why are they going to support you you have to be giving them value and whether that value is pure entertainment it's a service it's a product Whatever is going to make their day better because they saw you, that's what you want to be giving them. Yes, I completely agree. And wow, we're already at 40 minutes. That's incredible. I, this episode's probably going to be like 50 minutes long. I That's that's it for me. Um, I have a few like kind of follow-up questions or questions that I always ask all of our sure. um, interviewees. So what is one word or phrase that you would use to describe your business journey? Oh, man. Um <laughs> exciting i would go with exciting um yes it's been, it's been tough at times but it's also been really fun and i'm really enjoying it i'm so glad um yeah i completely agree i love that word and uh, my last question before we finish the interview is where can listeners find you and your company and reach out to you okay so my Business is called Releve Branding Agency, and the Instagram account for that is Releve Branding, so R-E-L-E-V-E-B-R-A-N-D-I-N-G, like on Instagram, and the email address is hello at relevebranding.com, and that's the website also, relevebranding.com, and my personal Instagram is Jessica Sorrentino. J-E-S-S-I-C-A-S-O-R-E-N-T-I-N-O, which I'm online all day. So (laughs) I answer both. I answer all the emails. um, And I love connecting as we've discovered. So I'm always open to meeting and talking to new people. 
Yes, perfect. Um, I will have all the links for all listeners if you guys want to go check her out. All the links will be in the show notes as well as the episode description. Um, but as she said, you can find her on Instagram or her website um, or just email her. And we are really excited. Thank you guys. Thank you so much, Jessica, for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, I loved it. I loved hearing your story and all the values and kind of how you built your business. So I hope you guys um, learned something today. And thank you so much, Jessica. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the TMB Women in Business podcast. Check out our Instagram where we provide you with the answers to all the questions you have about entrepreneurship. For an email recap of this week's episode, join our email list at tiny.cc slash T-M-B-W-I-B-E-M-A-I-L. If you want to join a community of like-minded entrepreneurs where I give case-by-case advice to you, join our Facebook group. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen. If you're listening to this episode on our YouTube channel, subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you so much for your support. And I'll see you next week with even more business advice.